this a metal thing? Yes. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk Plus. That's right, folks. We're now transcended genre boundaries and sometimes cover other movies. I used to think I only liked horror, but one night it slipped in a comedy that tickled me in a new way, and here we are. So make sure you rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. Full video available on YouTube. Don't be a square. Make sure to share. Also, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash horrormovietalk, the equivalent of the adult section of your video rental store. If you want to add your pee to the community pool, join our community. Uh, follow the links on horrormovietalk.com or call 682-253-4468 and leave us a voicemail. As always, we have Fart Simpson crammed into the production booth. I'm Bryce Hamson, and across from me sits David Doy, That's the island name. boy extraordinaire. Yeah, there's well, uh, there's a little confusion, Bryce, about like what's why you guys aren't covering just horror movies anymore. Like, is this like like horror movie talk plus or something? Like, what is this? What even is this? Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes, it's horror movie talk plus now. We do other movies too yep so fyi if you have that question this is us answering that as directly as we can yeah i mean we said it right in the beginning of the show so i mean Mm -hmm. what is there to to say they're not you know you turn your brain off at the start of a show listen we're we're still covering horror movies it's about half and half uh this will be my first episode where i don't choose a horror movie for my episode uh, I'm really excited to talk about this. I've uh, kind of teased this for a while, and this is kind of what got me excited. Was now we could just wa- make David watch movies that I know he hasn't seen. And uh, top of that list, what I found out over the years is David has never seen True Lies. Never. So seen this it. week we're reviewing True Lies from 1994. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, James Cameron directed action comedy romance movie action rom-com delightful uh we'll start out by giving a brief review and our score for the film we score on a scale of one to ten after we give our score we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film and so if you haven't seen true lies you know what i don't really have a lot of sympathy for you it's been 30 years at this point (laughs) i think I think there's a certain point where you can just spoil the movie. Uh, anyways, if you don't want it spoiled, you can bounce at, uh, before we get into spoilers. Later on, we'll be playing a new game, which seems appropriate, called Tru- Two Truths and a Lie. For true oh. lies. Yeah. Oh. Um, okay, so let's get into it. True Lies can be found on Paramount Plus right now. I'm wearing... I'm wearing their logo right now. You know, low-key, Paramount Plus is, that's my, that's my service. 
that yeah. I, that's the one that I use all the all the time. It yeah. has great. Paramount is is like neck and neck, and it's starting to surpass HBO Max. And I'm a little worried once they make the transition to Max. It's ma- it's it's doing it right now. It's they're like in the total absolute middle of that transition. <clears throat> yeah, I mean it's gonna transfer over all the discovery content isn't it oh um i guess not i i know they're in the middle of their brand like the like the brand is now max it's right yeah it's gonna officially switch over see all the cool days all the cool kids change their brand right right that's that's what you do if you're cool so that's why we change the horror movie talk plus but paramount plus my brand all the star trek all, all of it all of it it's got uh, it's got true lies, and that's really all you need to know. Um, and I was just telling David before we started rolling, he, I uh, he told me I shouldn't waste would have wasted this story on me. But in terms of the Paramount logo, like I had a shit the other day where the waterline was about about there, mm-hmm. so it was it was pretty it's, epic. In case so you the mountain to was poking above the waterline. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you'll have to see it on YouTube to get the get the visual joke. But, right. uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Paramount Plus is actually a fantastic streaming service, and like, yeah, yeah, uh, it's on there. Uh, so, True Lies tries to answer the question: What would happen if James Bond had to go home and explain himself to his wife? Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays Harry Tasker, an elite American spy that travels the world preventing the apocalypse by fighting terrorists. He does all this unbeknownst to his wife, Helen, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, and daughter, Dana, played by Eliza Dushku, Eliza Dushku, um, who think he's a boring computer salesman. Who think, who think he a boring computer salesman? Less words do more good. Did I not... <laughs> You're Did just I Kevin. You're just he, Kevin from the office. <laughs> All right, shut up. Uh, while on the trail of a terrorist with his partner Gib, played by Arnold Tom Arnold, Harry discovers that his wife may be cheating on him. To prevent nuclear holocaust and the dissolution of his marriage, Harry starts to mix his worlds. Hilariousness ensues. Um, True Lies is in a genre of its own. There's been one or two movies that try to replicate it, but just do not do it justice. It's a action romantic comedy. And the most impressive part about the movie is, um, of which there are many, is the balancing act between those genres and tones throughout. Like, it's such a three-way balance of those genres, and it doesn't have any one of them dominate completely um uh tying it all together is a cast of actors that are op- all operating at peak performance this to me is arnold schwarzenegger's best performance in his career he's at peak charisma and really steps up his acting chops to meet the shifts in tone and subtlety required by the script jamie lee curtis Similarly, walks the line between genres, dancing between drama and comedy as her character tries to shake up her humdrum life, and her seductive scene will forever be seared into the memory of every teenage boy in the 90s. David, move your head. Just let me... Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Tom Arnold uh, and Bill Paxson do a lot of heavy lifting as the comedic relief... Tom Arnold especially surprises everyone by being likable and hilarious throughout, 
His relationship with Schwarzenegger is believable and natural as longtime partners. And Bill Paxton chews the scenery as a smarmy car salesman con man. All along, the film has some of the best action sequences of the 90s, which is saying a lot. I mean, late late 80s, 90s action was like, this is before CGI took over. And so this is like still super impressive and, and visceral in terms of like, you know that a lot of this is actually happening. Those explosions are real. And there's some stuntman that's probably getting hurt, <laughs> which makes it better. Um. I mean, this is an easy 10 out of 10 for me. And like, I, it's surprising to me that true lies isn't talked about in, in a reverent tone whenever people mention it, because like out of all of Arnold Schwarzenegger's movies, this one seems to me to stand out as like, this is exactly what, ta- what, what Arnold Schwarzenegger should be doing. It highlights all of his talents and it shows what can be done with like just a fantastic director script and cast. Um, so I, I, uh, give it an easy 10 out of 10. Oh yeah. I mean, <clears throat> that's super fair. Uh, I think, okay. So yeah. So you got, Lethal Oh yeah. Did we- I mention that this was directed by James Cameron? This is, this is the thing that just blows my mind about this movie is, uh, I'm sitting there at the title screen, like, Okay, a James Cameron movie I haven't seen. This is pretty impressive just in and of itself. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, and then it ends up being this, and like the credits are like, yeah, he wrote it too, and I'm like, <laughs> what? Uh, and so because because I'm laughing, you know, I'm like, this uh-huh. is this understand this movie is self aware uh-huh. uh, and funny. Um, mm-hmm. A self-aware comedy by James Cameron, <laughs> old Jimmy Cam. And, like, I've I've watched a lot of documentaries and the making ofs of, like, my favorite James Cameron movies because they're some of the most impressive movies ever made, you know? Like, they just are. Uh, Aliens, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, uh, Terminator, you know, The Abyss, um, Titanic pandora like uh or whatever the whatever that one is um like they're just he's a bit of a chameleon but the one thing he can't hide is his over-the-top amazing action chops um but you just don't like in all of those documentaries and stuff you just you don't hear stuff like james is so funny (laughs) (laughs) you do not hear that ever (laughs) like everyone's like he kind of a bitch. <laughs> I really, I really did not enjoy him as right. a person, and so yeah. you kind of get this. Anyway, so it's impressive that if he did actually write this by himself, I'm like slow clap. It's just amazing <laughs> um, because it it's so unique in its tone that it birthed. I feel like it birthed the genre of comedy action movies. Like, I mean, look, there's Lethal Weapon and Die Hard, but it's that's re, those are just at straight ahead action movies. Yeah. And obviously, you got to have a little light banter thrown in. But this is first a comedy movie, like at its premise. Right. Um, and 
and it birthed this. I mean, this gave Dwayne the Rock Johnson a career. Like, <laughs> I mean, movies like The Lost City with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum and Baywatch and Rampage and anything with um, with uh, that little guy who goes into movies with uh, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Kevin Hart. Thank you, Kevin Hart. <laughs> anything with those two, like uh, like the uh, other guys like this is this is the start of that. But none of them come close to this. Like, they're all subpar because their premises aren't intriguing. This yeah. is an intriguing premise with insane over-the-top action. Like, and <laughs> the, the ultimate part of the action at the end, I was rolling on the floor laughing rolling on the floor i've never been so delighted never have i been so delighted at at the way a movie chose to like go out with a bang i was just like (laughs) you know it was so much fun and at some point it switches it switches gears so frequently at at one point like the first part of the movie pretty good you know, it's a movie, but then the movie just decides to literally be a vehicle for Jamie Lee Curtis's amazing rack, um, <laughs> which I didn't even know existed. Like up until now, I was like, "Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, she's a good-looking gal." Uh, uh, and then I watched um, True Lies, and I was like, "Whoa." <sighs> <sighs> yeah. And that was the the rest of the movie was like, yeah, but have you seen these? <laughs> Say goodbye to these, David. And I was like, holy moly. Oh, boy. Look at those sweater puppies. And, yeah. she's, and she's just, uh, she, the, it was like somebody approached, it was like James Cameron approached her and was like, listen, you got an opportunity here to let the world know that you have a special gift from God. <laughs> And she was like, my acting chops? And he was like, no. <laughs> So, yeah, easy 10 out of 10. It's so funny. Tom Arnold just crushes it. Same with uh, Bill Paxton, crushes it. Everybody in this movie crushes it. It's the best performance of so many people's career. Definitely. Yeah. De- I mean, definitely Bill Paxton and definitely uh, what's his, uh, Tom Arnold. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tom Arnold, like, seems like out of the blue. Like, Tom Arnold at this point was like a joke. He was like, ah, he's Roseanne's ex-husband. And that's like, I guess he was a stand-up comedian. I think he was an actor in a couple things. But no one, no one took him seriously. It was like, oh, look at this guy making all this money from his divorce. And he comes in this movie and, like, just crushes it as that as that character like the chemistry is off the charts between him and arnold um between arnold and arnold uh yeah i mean the the shifts in tone like it's crazy i mean when you when you look at like a movie going experience and like for me it's very simple doesn't make me feel anything yeah you know other than boredom <laughs> if yes <laughs> Then uh, yeah, you, you got something, you got something going for you, and like, it's it's weird to be 
to go from like exhilaration from the action like genuine like you know butterflies in your stomach from some of these stunts <laughs> yeah to like being having like a real heartfelt scene like that interrogation scene where it's like it yeah. kind of goes into psyche and kind of like you you know you almost like really you know you're paying for this this woman to just laughing out loud from just some of the from the some of the just like little quips between Tom Arnold and and Arnold Schwarzenegger to fully erect to fully erect <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's it's crazy it's really really impressive and it James covers- Cameron is is obviously like just one of the best directors of all time because he can juggle all that and get those performances and and cut it up and tell just a super compelling story that doesn't have any bad beats in it you know it covers all the entire range of masculine emotion sad (laughs) mad funny horny yeah (laughs) sad mad excited funny horny yeah i don't think we have a need for any other emotions What's toxic about that? Tell me. I dare you. (laughs) (laughs) We Uh, laugh about it, but inside, we're crying with our boners (laughs) in our hands. (laughs) Uh, We have a good time, but we have way higher suicide statistics. So Um, (laughs) that's, you know, that's just the follow through, ladies. Sorry. (laughs) uh, You know, but that's why I'm joining the other team. I mean, just look at behind you. I mean, that's there's two reasons right there. Yeah, who wouldn't love that? Um, okay, so moving on. Um, if you hear any commercials on this episode, if you did, you just hear some commercials. Well, you should know that you don't have to hear those commercials. If you join our Patreon, there's an option to get early access to episodes as soon as they're released or as soon as they're edited. And we cut out all the commercials for you. So go to patreon.com slash horror movie talk and check out our tiers there. Also, you get access to our after pod, which is just another whole nother podcast, really, where we talk about what's going on in our lives and just leave the mics running after the show. Uh, you can support us also a couple different ways. we got a shop at horrormovietalk.com shop. You can buy our logo tees. Uh, limited edition now. I mean, we're not going to make any more of the old logo tease mm-hmm. yeah there's yeah i better update the quantities on those before <laughs> this episode comes out uh check out our resident artist dustin gobel he's a professional artist who fucks hard he's been knocking it out of the park with his with his uh recent um uh artwork for the, the last couple episodes i've really been loving it he's yeah, been too. integrating it and stepping it up for for youtube uh, he also takes commissions from uh, fans, uh, so reach out to him on Instagram at dgobel 0 That's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0 on Instagram. If you want to leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. Thanks again for listening. Let's get into spoilers. Okay, so 
yeah you you told we talked about it briefly we didn't want to ruin the banter or anything but you told me like where what was the point at which (laughs) the movie won you over (laughs) okay so at the intro all right let me take you through my progression of feelings for the first 20 minutes of this movie i was like oh you know i i've seen the intro to i've tried this a few times um tried starting it once or twice and the intro um is so hokey 90s um james bond mission impossible feeling to me uh that it i mean now don't get me wrong if it had been third or fourth grade me I'd have been like, fuck yeah, dude. Um, but it, it's me. Um, so I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't have the energy for this brand of movie. So I just would turn it off. So, but <clears throat> this time I went into it going, oh, this is Bryce. One of Bryce's very favorite movies. And then immediately I was like, oh, this makes total sense. Right. I was like, oh yeah, Bryce is a huge James Bond um, and Mission Impossible fanboy. Loves it. Um, as always, you know, it's it's kind of a warm spot for you. And so I immediately was like, oh, yeah, this is this is like James Bond turned up to 11. Um, and so I went, oh, yeah, this makes total sense. And then I was kind of like rolling my eyes for about 15 minutes. And then there was a chase sequence between a motorcycle and Arnold on a horse. And I was like, this is kind of cool. This is kind of neat. And then the horse got onto an elevator and I was like, I'm in, I understand now. this. I get it. And, uh, and then the horse, and there's like a three minute sequence where this horse is on this elevator. Right. With Arnold on it. Right. And then it's an elevator chase scene. There's an mm-hmm. elevator chase scene where a man on a motorcycle is in one elevator and Arnold on a horse is in another elevator and the elevators are vertically chasing each other uh-huh. and they're looking at each other all angry and the horse is like, mm. and I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like, yes, this is, this is movie. Yeah. Every part of me was like, mm-hmm, I get it. This is funny. It's fun. It's just, and then he sternly talks to the horse when the man gets away and he's like, what are you doing? This, we get the horse. Oh, wow. He turned into someone else. He wasn't Arnold. <laughs> he so. turned into a Russian. <laughs> oh. If Arnold was what on Red October. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Do an Arnold impression. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> okay. That's just, that's just a cop out. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, for me, this opening sequence um, it's obviously like very, yeah, it's, it's straight out of a James Bond movie. It's like, it is a James Bond opening and just, it's so slick. Um, Arnold, uh, you know, is swimming underwater. He like cuts into this underwater gate. And then I think the part where it's like, for some reason is indelibly, you know, um, seared into my mind is, he sticks a big ass Bowie knife through the through the ice at the top, and I'm just like, <laughs> knives are cool. And it's like all these all these like preteen, just action movie cool <laughs> scenes. Like it it just hits all the marks. He comes out, and like the moment he rips off this like 
rubber scuba suit and he's just got a full-on tuxedo underneath and he just looks immaculate you're like yes that, that that's me that's me right there that's what i i am like you <laughs> the the desire to be that cool you know that's like the the draw of james bond and like the mission impossible and like some of these action movies and it it hits all those marks perfectly like instantly you're like that's so cool I want to see more of this. I want to see a cool guy do cool things. And then he proceeds to cool guy. Do, do do cool things that Tango scene with Tia Carrera at the beginning like fuck, do I do I need to learn how to tango so I can dance with Tia Carrera? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. Um and all along like the the main difference between James Bond, I mean it it's very easy to just duplicate secret agent, but from the beginning it really um lays down the the groundwork for the relationship between tom arnold and and arnold schwarzenegger's character because there's just like a lot tom arnold is speaking to him over like the earpiece and there's a lot of really natural uh repartee between them and you see like the relationship of tom arnold just being exasperated that you know the secret agent just does whatever he wants and is you know, so unbelievably suave, and then he just has to sit in a van and, like, tell him <laughs> what needs to be done. Um, so that's great. And then the other best part of this opening sequence uh, is when <laughs> he's running away in the snow, and these Doberman pinchers are running after him. And there's a moment where he, Arnold turns around, and, <laughs> and both Doberman pinchers leap at him, and are mid-air, and he claps the dog's heads together. <laughs> Which is just so ridiculous, but cool. Um, <laughs> it is, and then it shows that the dogs it, are okay. It shows the dogs after. Actually, there's not a lot of respect for dogs in this movie. Between that scene and then, like... Yeah, the, the little the chihuahua scene, where, scene, I was like, oh, man, yeah. I bet PETA had a fucking conniption fit over that. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a great visual joke later in the movie where uh where Harry Tasker the the character Arnold Schwarzenegger plays is going out in the rain to meet Tom Arnold's character in a van and he's just like you know Tom, uh, Schwarzenegger is giant mm. and in this pouring rain and he's just like dragging by the neck this poor little tiny 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 chihuahua behind him not just dragging like yanking it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> um so yeah if you're if you're a big fan of dogs like you know maybe maybe skip this one but i will uh, say um tia carrera like she's just do she just does voice uh stuff now so you don't see her anymore still crushingly gorgeous i yeah. mean just a sight to behold um which is impressive yeah you know because it's wow holy moly Poof. okay let's move on moving on <laughs> so we we see him like do this whole james bond opening sequence and instead of having like the james bond credits it, it just shows um harry go home and has this reveal that he has this normal uh middle class family waiting for him 
it's almost like i mean the the Mad Men almost did the same kind of thing in in its pilot whereas like you know it shows this super handsome like coxman like going out and and doing whatever What's a he wants and, i don't know i i think i just made that word up mm. <laughs> let's let's look it up um you know, I, I just assume it's a man led by his cock. Uh, a man rep- reputed to be extremely virile or sexually accomplished. Wow. You know, I just pulled that out. Dang. No, no yeah, it's a very Superman-y sort of thing. It's like, well, there's Superman and then there's Clark Kent. Yeah. Right. And then, like, yeah, it's he, he goes home and, and we find out that, like, oh, he's leading this double life where he tells his family that he's, like, a super boring computer salesman and uh while saving the world and so you know this sets it up just as like this this great you know premise and apparently the the origin of this movie or like the reason why it got made is that it's kind of a remake of a of a french movie made in 91 called the jackpot so Apparently, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger saw this movie, and it's a similar premise. A secret agent uses his professional skills for tracking his family and faces the unexpected consequences. So I think it has kind of a similar double life thing going on in this in this French movie. And um, he came to James Cameron and said, like, why don't we make something like this? And I think James Cameron was... Hey, Jimmy... Know, Hey, let's make this movie. It's French, but we can't hold that against it. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, it it is kind of a, a takeoff on this movie, um, which is interesting. Um, I think the difference is, like, the scale at which James Cameron plays, especially with action, is, is uh, unprecedented. So it's like you put... Um, someone like James Cameron that just, I mean, he made Terminator 2 a couple of years before this. And it's like, oh, you know, the, the most legendary action movies of all time made by this guy. And you put him in like, well, why don't we do like kind of a, you know, an, an action comedy romance thing and have like, so yeah, it's, it's, a it's an oddity, especially in James Cameron's career. Okay, um, but it question. all works. I, can can I um, can I insert a question? What? Uh, where does this fall <clears throat> in terms of James Cameron directed movies for you? Um. Yeah, I mean that's that's a little harder because um, I mean I. I can say like this is definitely Schwarzenegger's best movie. Um, this is Schwartz- feels, it, this is Schwarzenegger's best movie. To me, I think it's I think it's his best role. Like I, it's like it's pretty good. It's pretty fucking great. Like I think about ter- I mean the Terminator stuff is like iconic, but like that doesn't show what Schwarzenegger can do. And then right, like there's Kindergarten Cop and some of these comp and like Twins, and it's like. Yeah, he's got comedic chops, but you're not fully utilizing Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then this one just blends the action and comedy 
and like really allows them to actually act yeah like uh impressively um let's see okay so here here we go piranha 2 the spawning uh-huh the terminator followed directly by aliens mm-hmm. and then the abyss uh-huh. terminator 2 judgment day true lies titanic you got uh avatar and then the second avatar yeah yeah this is is this the best is this the best james cameron movie for you <coughs> i mean i it's hard i mean it feels like i'd feel guilty for saying it is his best one um Ooh, i like this because I look at Terminator 2. It's perfect. And, and Titanic. I'm like, oh, you know, the. Or even Avatar. It's like, oh, the movies that made more money than God, you know, up to that oh, point. Oh, 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 this is, this is fucking blowing my mind right now. Last week, you had a rant about. Now people are going to watch a movie about buying a fucking shoe. And now you're like, it made the most money. So, like, yeah. Don't do that. Don't turn that's, it into a money thing. You, that's you, two separate things. Like one is one is about spending money to tell a story about a product, which is the part part I have a problem with. The the part where the movie makes the most money, I don't have a problem with that. And I'm unapologetic that I say like that's at least an indication of how good it is for general mm. audiences or like how popular it is. Kind of like how much money a shoe makes is an indication of how important it is in the world. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just trying to get under your skin here. Um, <laughs> it's working. No, I God mean, damn like, it, the fucking shoe. <laughs> like what? What Cameron is going to be remembered for is Avatar, Titanic, and Terminator Two. Like yeah. those are the the movies that he's really going to be remembered for. But aliens he, also even like even aliens is going to take yeah. a back seat to those three, you know. Um, but, so which is it? For but you? true lies, like I don't know. If you were to hold a gun to my head, um, I would probably pick Terminator Two. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I think in terms of in terms of just just being like having your mouth you open the whole time and just being like what the fuck just cool shit constantly mm-hmm. come on get the fuck yeah. out of here <laughs> titanic <laughs> one nipple and everybody's gonna lose their goddamn damn mind he had a grenade launcher <laughs> he did the thing where he spun the shotgun and shot behind him you know God damn, this is so fucking cool. <laughs> um, okay, so so he's we see more of the domestic life. Um, find out that things aren't like ideal because you know his wife is you know pretty bored with him. His daughter is you know um, casually stealing money from Tom Arnold. Um. And they're, you see that life, and then they go back to their office, which is the Omega Sector, um, <laughs> led by Nick Fury, played by Charlton Heston. And uh, my favorite, one of my favorite parts of, of this is they walk into the Omega Sector office, 
And I don't know if you noticed. I didn't notice it until this viewing. But they walk in the door. And there's guards after the door opens. But they're behind like a glass wall. Oh, I didn't. I didn't notice. Why are they behind a glass wall? It's just bizarre. Oh, hey, ho. I called it a squirrel. (laughs) Speaking of Eliza Dushku. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was in that, wasn't she? Yeah. I forgot about that. She's the main actress in Wrong Turn. That's that's true. <laughs> um, and so yeah, they're they're tracking down these terrorists, you know, from the opening scene, and that's when the the giant action set piece of um, they're they're being followed by a trio of terrorists, and it starts out with a with a fight in the bathroom, which I realize now is almost completely copied by a mission the last mission impossible movie i think which had like uh tom cruise and uh what's his name it's not army hammer it's the guy that cocks his arms to to fight anyways like there's there's a couple there's a couple bathroom fight scenes that basically copy this one in its entirety there's this one also the casino royale bathroom fight is kind of reminiscent of it too but just like white tile giant bathroom and people are fighting with guns and and like just demolishing a bathroom yeah no there was a couple moments in this movie where i was like oh the matrix just ripped this off directly like right. just whole cloth like didn't even disguise it it was just it was like a tribute almost yeah. like the the matrix did the helicopter gatling gun thing uh that you know the harrier jet does in this movie in 94 you know it does the tile the tile room fight you know it's like oh that's amazing yeah there's a bit of trivia in imdb that talks about this bathroom fight sequence it says in the script it was only a half page and only mentioned a struggle but no specifics and uh when James Cameron came onto the set two scene two days before the scene was supposed to be filmed, he said the bathroom needed to be three times bigger for all the shooting, fighting, and other destruction that he had in mind. Um, and so, like all this, all this stuff, and so they had to like build, rebuild an enti- that entire bathroom in like two days. And <clears throat> it's a great sequence, a great like fight sequence, and then probably the best part of it is the old man in in the toilet during the oh, whole yeah. thing. And then him shuffling out and looking afterward. Yeah, I like it how in these like bathroom scenes where there's just you know machines machine guns going off and like no one pokes their head in the bathroom is like what the fuck is going on in here? Is everything okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no the oh oh no I've I've lost no I was I remember now. Um, it seems like to be like a truly great director, you really need to be a Karen. You know, like. You really need to be like inconvenience everybody because you have it in your head that it needs to be your way. Like I would never, I would never be like, uh, guys, I know you just spent the last six days on this set, but fuck you and do it again three times as big. Like imagine inconveniencing a crew (laughs) of people. Right. And and then being like, look, the bathroom needs to be three times this. Ba- I wouldn't say that in my own house. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like, 
you know, honey, I think you're putting the dishes in the dishwasher a little wrong. Let me show you how to do it better. <laughs> it's like, no, I'd just be like, I'll just let her do what she, yeah, what she don't, needs to don't, do. We do not disturb the wildlife. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I mean, th- that's like the, the thing where you see, like, what it takes to be a great director is, like, just like a vision like connect i think people don't realize how hard it is between like and how disjointed yeah every moment of filming is like you've got to spend three hours to get like a five second shot and to spend like days and days getting little little tiny bits and pieces shot out of order and then to have someone who is responsible that their mind is going to put it together and make it all make sense it's a it's an amazing amount of self-confidence yeah and not only that but like having having that vision and having like that specificity of like communicating through the art form and like being responsible to be like the main storyteller while also like having that vision to be able to make all the decisions that need to be made to accomplish that vision yeah is impressive and and you know, uh, it's so interesting that you're as hung up on this bathroom scene as me, because I saw this scene and I was like, oh, this is very intentional. Like I was like the way that bathroom. I've walked into that bathroom before, like that one. Uh-huh. You know, mostly in movie theaters, right, uh, or stadiums. Um, you know, where there is <clears throat> there's a middle wall partition. Um, and there's maybe stalls on this side and there's maybe urinals on that side. Um, but in the middle, there's a partition and there's sinks on that, you know, and and this is a common layout for a bathroom, but it's also really important to this scene that that partition be there because we're circling it and we're in and out of stalls. We're underneath all of those partitions and like, and he he didn't make a bathroom that doesn't exist like saw, you know, that bathroom doesn't exist, <laughs> but he made a bathroom so big and specific and real that you're like, Oh, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, this is important that it be that way because this is a, fu- this is a set piece in a movie made of set pieces that are mm-hmm. all memorable. Yeah. Um, so the bathroom fight and then transitions into a chase of this one terrorist, like the main terrorist played by a real jerk. I mean, this guy was a real jerk. He was uh, Grant Hesloff played by, or uh, yeah, Grant Hesloff uh, plays Faisal. Faisal. Faisal? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so there's a chase and this is where like the, the bad guy grabs a motorcycle and then Arnold, uh, hijacks a police horse and it's just just f- a visual treat yeah. and and james cameron knows exactly what he's doing and like sets it up using all the tropes of the action genre and like just very very skillfully used slow-mo for yeah. for dramatic purpose like when <laughs> there's a, the scene where the horse jumps into the the fountain in the hotel lobby yeah is like in slow-mo and just so dramatic and like and then it cuts to like tom arnold's face is like okay yeah <laughs> like, it's, it's so like, cool because 
the movie understands itself through certain characters. Right. You know, it's in yeah. that moment. It's Tom Arnold being like, is this the craziest movie you've ever seen? And you're like, yeah, and I like it. Yeah. And he's like, but it's funny, too. Right. And you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah. And then the elevator chase happens. And then the, the great scene where they're on the roof and the bad guy drives off the roof into like a pool that looks like it's about a mile away 4,000 <laughs> yeah 4,000 miles away he sees another lower high rise that uh-huh. he's going to jump into the pool of and then there's the reaction of of uh harry is like i can make this and they it's this really dramatic like wind, wind up, up. Yeah. and it's this slow-mo where you're like holy shit he's gonna jump that fucking horse across the this is gonna be so badass he's so like and then the horse just like puts on the brakes like nope, lock big time lock knees <laughs> and then arnold goes ass over tea kettle over the horse's head how much do and you think marriott had to pay for that spot <laughs> a lot yeah um and so this is all going on, and then the the interpersonal drama is that it causes him to miss his birthday party that his wife and daughter put on for him, where they definitely made sure that he was going to make it. And so it's setting up all this, like, oh, Harry's kind of an asshole. Like, yeah. Like, he's a badass, but really, if you were to think about what he's doing to his family, he just doesn't really actually care right. about them. He's living living this double life and, like, living the cover but doesn't seem like he because it's hard to you know from his perspective he's saving how much, the world yeah he's saving he's literally saving the world and there's a, there's a scene where it like cuts back between you know <laughs> jamie lee curtis's character talking about harry's work and saying it's like it's not like he's saving the world or anything and it literally right. it cut from a scene where he was talking about preventing a nuclear war. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, by the way, I need to correct myself. Uh, Faisal is not the bad guy. He's one of the good guys. It's oh, a, that's it's right. Disease played by Art Malik. So my apologies. That's right. That's right. Art Malik. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um. So. <clears throat> Who is going to be in the new Little Mermaid? By the way as sir grimsby oh nice so and and then the movie really shifts gears because we find out uh harry is going to try to make it up to his wife the next day by taking her out to lunch and then he inadvertently finds out that she might be having an affair uh because she he catches her talking on the phone to some mysterious stranger and he comes out just crestfallen and this is one of the best interchanges between tom arnold and and schwarzenegger which is tom arnold just being like oh man welcome to the club like i thought it was something bad (laughs) it's like he's uh, there's like just a couple just fantastic lines in this um interchange and then (laughs) if i learned that i was losing this I'd be I'd be crushed too. I'd be like, right. Da, na, 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 na. <laughs> and then like it ends with Tom Arnold trying to cheer him up. It's like, come on, man, let's go, let's go uh, kill some terrorists. Like, <laughs> let's cheer you up. Let's go fight some terrorists. We're gonna, like, yeah. Uh-huh. 
We're just and this super shallow thing that's going to make us happy because our lives don't have any meaning otherwise. And it it takes this side quest and and Harry starts like abusing the uh, the resources that he has for this terrorist uh, investigation to try to investigate who his wife is having an affair with. Yeah, and it leads to the discovery of of um, Bill Paxton's character, which from Helen's perspective is a um, a super secret agent and basically is what Harry's character actually is, you know, he's pretending which, to be what Harry's character actually. Yeah. Is. And he even like takes credit for literally like the, the hotel chase thing that happened. And you realize like, Oh, this guy's, this guy's a fraud. And they find out he's actually just a used car salesman that scams, you know, lonely housewives. Yeah, it's, this is the part where the movie becomes really, truly interesting because it's two movies that right. wrap into one. Right. And so <clears throat> there's another great scene where, like, I mean, basically, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is almost date raped, but then it's interrupted with, you know, the entire Omega sector falling, <laughs> you know, coming through the, uh, um, through the trailer home to to kidnap Bill Paxton and, and Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, low-key, like, uh, what? A total misuse of government funds. <laughs> they would never. They would never. Uh, <laughs> that's a great line, too, is like, oh, you're going to turn me in, uh, Tom Arnold? It's like, like so I'll that's just... That's a serious offense. That's a federal offense. Wiretap like, my fucking house! <laughs> And then Arnold goes like, I guess I'll tell him about the time that you screwed up a six-week operation to get a blowjob. Like, <laughs> you, you knew about that? He's like, yeah. All right, just take <laughs> take Highway 99 instead. I think that's faster. <laughs> like, just the, the interchange. Um, and so what happens is, like, Harry interrogates her in this interrogation room scene, which is also fantastic, which is like, a great scene where Tom Arnold is like totally like overstepping his bounds. Like, so you fucked him, right? <laughs> and Harry is like trying to find out what's actually wrong about their marriage or like why she would do this or, you know, all this stuff. And Tom Arnold's just trying to figure out like, uh, how much he actually blew the guy, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And he's so insistent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so Harry decides to, like give his wife a little excitement by giving her a fake mission. Um, and that's where the, you know, the most important scene of the movie happens, which is Jamie Lee Curtis, like acting like a special agent to be play, basically a call girl. That's placing a, um, a bug on this hotel phone. And, uh, it is, probably one of the sexiest scenes ever on film like this is way way more sexy than almost every sex scene that i've seen in movies like i can't think of a sex scene that's more sexy than this strip tease because it's real and she falls down halfway through but then gets right back up yeah you're like oh she's a real person i yeah, could so 
I could, I, there isn't, and to a man, that's a very important, you know, it's like, oh, this is accessible. I could, I can do this, you know, like she, she has weakness. Well, no, I mean, for a lot of men, I think, uh, we idealize, um, women a lot, you know, and, and it's right. like, oh, she's perfect. Um, you know, you, you think that, well, I do, uh, more than any other thought is like women yeah. are perfect. And so, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what I'm trying to say here other than I really like how human they made Jamie Lee Curtis. They, she's a real person. Right, right, right. Um, and, yeah, so the scene is basically Arnold is replaying a tape that was pre-recorded giving Jamie Lee Curtis instructions on what to do and how to strip. And then I realized, like, halfway through, I'm like, oh, I think this is where the origin of my casting couch porn fetish, <laughs> which is literally like telling someone that, you know, is nervous to undress in a specific way. I'm like, yeah, this feels this feels right. And uh, it's just one of those uh, connections. That I was like, oh, oh, this was this was formative to my taste. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Um, (laughs) So from there, the terrorists kidnap Harry and Helen. And, uh, you know, then it's revealed, uh, like it's revealed that Harry is a secret agent to Helen. And there's kind of a, you know, all the circumstances there. And there's a great scene where Harry is given the truth serum and Helen ask them all these questions and and my favorite part is how it ends like have you ever killed anyone he's like yeah but they were all bad they were all bad people (laughs) just like just a great line um and then the last part of the movie i mean that this uh, skipping skipping over a lot i mean that the scene where they're on an island like they have the nuclear bomb they're gonna set it off as like a demonstration and then um, Helen gets separated from Harry, and it's assumed that Harry just blew up, but we we know that he didn't. Um, and then there's a a great set piece where there's a chase down the like this Florida Keys highway uh, with two Harrier jets, which I don't know about you, but I didn't know those things existed until this movie. And I'm like, oh, well, that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, no, I just think take off vertically as a kid. I, I don't know why now coming to think of it, like it's a little bit of a, a tangential thing in my childhood, but I knew everything about jets, every <laughs> fucking thing. I knew every one that you could know about, you know, it's like, oh, F-117, you know, the, you know, I knew about all the, all the different bombers, all the different fighters. The Harrier was obviously on my radar. I loved you know, the one I was super in love with was the A-10 Warthog. I was like, you know, like, I, I just had all of these in my head. I don't know why or how, because the internet wasn't really a thing. I must have had, like, books. Dude, have you ever gone on YouTube and just watched, like, Warthog videos? <sighs> oh, like, yeah. Are you, it's, are you kidding me? I mean, it almost, I mean, it's like. If you describe a warthog, if you want to get close to coming by watching a machine gun, 
Watch warthog videos. We're okay. Sick. All right. Now, <laughs> now we're doing this. I'm going to take 30 seconds to a minute to do this. Uh, let's get a timer. Um, so a warthog, for those of you who don't know for some reason, is a tank-killing jet. It is, built, it, it is built around, first and foremost, a Gatling gun that's the length of the jet. All right? Because it needs to shoot massive, like... Uh, uranium tipped uh bullets that can pierce the like several foot armor of tanks all right and as these things wind up they make this un- ungodly sound it's like and uh and then they just unleash i mean nuclear bullets <laughs> into <laughs> tanks and uh so they're um they're a jet around a machine built around a fucking absolutely gigantic machine gun that flies yeah normally it's there's a jet which is a plane that has guns on it the the warthog is a gun Gun that that has a that has a jet built onto it right it's fucking bonkers it's the coolest thing if you watch videos of this you will be you will come in your pants whoever you are so the uh the Harrier jets are, like, exploding the highway. There's a couple great little vignettes there. And then Harry is on a helicopter and chasing down this limousine with his wife in it. It's so great. And it's the scene where he, like, grabs her arm and, and lifts her out. Doesn't lift her out. The car falls away from her. She, like, goes through the moonroof. It's just just visually, there's so, so many cool. just great it's visual just, scenes in this. Yeah, it's like he thought... You know, it's like a little kid playing with toys uh-huh. and like thinking of the coolest thing that he can do. Like, because right. you don't do this anymore, but your kid, you watch them do this shit all the time. They're like, mm, you know, and you're like, they're doing a thing that's cool mm-hmm. in their head. You know, that's what yeah. James, that's what James is doing here. He's like doing a thing that you didn't know you needed to see, but you do. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the final like scenes of the movie is after helen is rescued they land and then it's revealed that like oh the terrorist took your daughter they have dana yeah and you're like while a nuclear bomb is exploding in the background you're like this movie's done now and then they're like "Mm -mm, no we're gonna kiss in front of a nuclear bomb exploding and that's not the end of the movie there's even better action to come right and so Harry steals one of the Harrier jets and goes down to the high rise where these terrorists are. And it's just proceeds to just have one of the most badass finale scenes of like the jet hovering and just demolishing an entire floor of a high rise and then rescuing his daughter off of a crane and like having it's the coolest. The, the final bad guy terrorist, like almost you know, getting to him. And like then, the, is that the scene pl- that you were talking about was uh, the, Oh, the fine. You filed. You're fired. I fucking died laughing. <laughs> I was like, that's the most Arnold. Like after this, they made a whole, like, like the delivery of that line was so important to Arnold's career. Uh-huh. Like if you look at it in retrospect, like they built, somebody wrote Batman forever around that line <laughs> like everybody chill cool party 
freeze you know like yeah like they he that's the line that built then arnold's career into one-liners and 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 that moment where the guy's hanging the bad guy is hanging on a jet is hanging on the um like a stinger a stinger missile Uh his by the backpack uh-huh. And and you're like, oh, no, he's got a machine gun and it's pointed at Arnold, who's hovering hundreds of feet in the air in uh-huh. a city with his daughter hanging on by a thread on the top of the thing. You're like, oh, no, I, this is, could end so poorly the whole time. Every the precipice they're on the. Oh, no. How is he going to get rid of him? He fires the Stinger missile after saying. You're fired. He fires the Stinger missile and it goes and it blows up the bad guy's helicopter. helicopter. And I just yeah. laughed so hard because there's a moment in when he's flying on the missile. He's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like so over the top and dumb that like it just shows you how good the movie is to sell that. And you're like, oh, yeah. awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. The movie earned that if you right. had just had lethal weapon and that did that it wouldn't quite work as well as a movie that leads into this and is right like, we put horses on elevators is what we do and you're like <laughs> okay <laughs> um like the final thing to say about like the action sequences is one of the bits of trivia is this is the only movie in james cameron's career that was nominated for special effects that uh an academy award for special effects that didn't win boy what won in 94 um i don't don't know that's a good question but special but it was like every special effects movie james cameron has done he's like innovated something and this was like actually a really important um movie and and special effects because like it lost to jurassic park (laughs) <laughs> okay, well that's fair. That's fair. Th- that seems fair. <laughs> but yeah, like the the this one used oh, like no, the wait. computer compositing right. um like for the Harrier jet and like just the the seamlessness between the the practical effects like that Harrier jet that they're flying around that final scene was a full-scale model that was on a crane. And so they're able to paint out. So anyways, it's it's a uh, Top top notch action and special effects throughout the. It, it might have been, um, it might have been Forrest Gump. It's either Jurassic. I, I, I think it's. I think it's actually Forrest Gump. Yeah. Anyway, I'll I'll figure that out and we'll get to it. Um, and then the it ends with showing like that uh, Helen is now kind of integrated into the Omega department. And they do a callback to the tango scene, which is basically a replication, except it's Harry and Helen dancing the tango. Um. And apparently, I don't know if you watched the full thing, but, like, as they're pulling back, like, there's there's a part where Jamie Lee Curtis actually falls down. Yeah. Just because her legs were so tired. Well, apparently, like, that is because her legs were so tired from doing that scene over and over and over again that that was genuinely, like, her falling down. And she was angry that that was kept in. But I thought, it was I kinda good fucking, for the character. I thought it was kind of hot. Yeah. I was like, ooh. <laughs> hey. All um, right. So, no, it did lose to Forrest Gump. Which, kind of what, you know, like... Yeah. Wait, really? Whatever. All right. Um, so, uh, great movie. I mean, I can't I can't think of anyone that I wouldn't recommend this movie to. It's, this is crushing. It's such it, a good movie. It just crushes. Um, 
Okay, so let's move on to our game. We'll do this real quick. Uh, true truths and a lie. So, David, I'm going to read you two truths and a lie about each of the main characters in this movie, and you're going to tell me which one is the lie. Okay? I got it. Which is Start the lie? Out, which okay. is the lie? So there's two truths, one lie. Got it. Starting with Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, here's three facts about Arnold. Uh, he grew up in a house that had no phone, no fridge, and no toilet. Uh, he won Mr. Olympia the Mr. Olympia title six times. Oh, I don't like this. Is unfair now. Six times. and was good friends with Andre the Giant. Um, I know him to be good friends with Andre the Giant because he was in Conan the Barbarian or maybe the second one, The Destroyer. Uh, that's true. The Olympia one, if you're going to get me on one, it's the gotcha is six times. It was actually seven or five or something like that. Uh, so I'll just say the lie is that one. The uh, he He won the Mr. Olympia six times. You are correct. It was seven times. I knew it. See? <laughs> Saw through me right away. He won from 1970 to 75 and also 1980. Bryce loves to get you. Uh, it was seven. You didn't listen to the question. <laughs> I didn't right, know Jamie... how many times he won. All right, all right. Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, in addition to being the spokesperson for Activia Yogurt, she has previously been in commercials for Xlax. And number two has had her legs insured for $2 million. And three does not like acting in front of a green screen and says that's the reason she'll never be in a superhero film. I am sure that's true because Jamie Lee is an opinionated person who is not afraid to like speak out about stuff that she has feelings Mm -hmm. about. So I know that's for sure. Um, Man, phenomenal legs phenomenal (laughs) legs i can't even so i could see that being true as well i'll say the x-lax one is a little too on brand it's kind of it's got a whiff to it you know a little poop smell on it so Uh i'm gonna say i'm gonna say the x-lax one is not is the lie you're correct two out of two excellent job okay next bill paxton uh rip one Uh, He learned to speak German to prepare for his role in Pat Benatar's music videos, Shadows of the Night. (laughs) Number two, he was considered for the role of Dr. Ian Malcolm in Jurassic Park, which went to Jeff Goldblum. Or number three, in his research for the series Big Love, he met with missionaries from a fundamentalist Mormon sect. Fundamentalist Mormon sect would never have missionaries. That's the lie. (laughs) Goddamn. (laughs) You're right. <laughs> uh, I thought it was great that he learned to speak German for a music video. Uh, it's uh, yeah. I had heard the Jurassic Park one um, oh, really? not too long ago. Um, dude, Bill Paxton, low key, like he had an um, a, a, a a gifted life. You know, he was mm-hmm. like he had a, some cool shit happen and was a cool guy. Like everybody liked him. Um, okay, Tom Arnold, 
was convicted of trafficking cocaine and almost received a life sentence, but got a lighter sentence after handing over names of associate dealers. Uh, number two, the Ooh, line like, in the he was line like in that, tr- that six nine. He was like a Takashi six nine kid. Mm-hmm. Huh? Uh, number two, the line in True Lies where he describes his ex wife taking all their belongings, including the ice trays, was based on his divorce with Roseanne <laughs> during the same time. Or three. Worked as a bouncer and as an ordained minister. I could see him working as a bouncer and an ordained minister. Mm-hmm. I could I could also see the first one being true, uh, where, you know, he cocaine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Op- uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to say the ice trays is the lie. Wrong. That's actually true. <laughs> that I was could see it being true, too. That line was literally because... What? <laughs> Tom Arnold told Arnold Schwarzenegger that story, and then that is amazing. Schwarzenegger relayed that to cameras, like we, and said like, "What kind that of a bitch in the movie? What kind of a bitch steals the ice trays?" And then James is like, "That's got to that line has to be in it. That's such a perfect line." <laughs> uh, no, the lie was that he was convicted of trafficking cocaine and almost received a life sentence, but got lighter sentence after. Uh, handing over the names of associate dealers. That was actually Tim Allen. Well, I mean, very parallel uh-huh. <laughs> trajectories. Although not really. Tim Allen's quite, quite successful. No. All right. So you've already won, but we've got one left. Um, Tia Carrera. Uh, yes. Number one, posed for Playboy magazine. Two, is a descendant of Mulan. Or three... Um, wait, wait. what <laughs> was that one uh she's a descendant of mulan you know the mulan from mulan from the movie but she's a she's a cartoon character no it's based on a historical figure <gasps> you didn't know that no um and then three um as castrander wong in wayne's world she performed all of her songs as the singer and was featured on the soundtrack that one is true I mm-hmm. own the, in our in our Wayne's World pretentious review that we released last month, uh, only on Patreon. Uh, I described that I owned the Wayne's World soundtrack, mm-hmm. and um, and I listened to it multiple times. I, I don't think she was featured on that soundtrack, though. I think it was regular old Cinderella. No, I think they had her wail. Whoa, man, was she wails? Um, I think they had her wailing on there, if I recall. Okay, so I'm going to say that's true. Um, and then the other two were, oh, she's related to Milan, Mulan, and then also that she's... She's posed for Playboy. Posed, I think she did pose for Playboy. I'm going to say she's not an ancestor of Mulan. Good job. You're correct. So, yeah, four out of five. Hell yeah. 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 All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Two Truths and a Lie and for another excellent episode of Horror Movie Plus. Oh, baby. Um, this episode was produced by me and edited by Fart Simpson. Thanks to our new patrons, Beatrice, Amanda M., Darren P., McKenna R., and Tim J. Please share this episode and the show with a friend. It really, really helps us out. Um, and... You know, if you want to help us out a little more, if you're going to buy anything on Amazon, go to horrormovietalk.com and click on the button in the top, um, and then we get a little taste of whatever you buy on Amazon. 
we'll see you next time. If you want to call us, call 682-253-4468. See yous all. We love you. Have a good week. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. You lose. Wow, that didn't sound good.